The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Our guest today is Lee Carraher. Lee is the CEO of Double Forte PR and Digital Marketing, and she's known for her practical solutions to big problems. She's the author of Millennials and Management, and that's based on her successful experience in retaining millennials within the workplace. We had Lee on the show today to talk about intergenerational negotiations. In particular, we were focusing on how you can negotiate with the younger generations within your organization. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one, so without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Lee, thanks for joining us today. I am so excited to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I am really excited, especially excited for this topic, because this is a topic that I've been asked about numerous times when I'm out on the road presenting and um, from listeners. So I'm, I'm glad we have an expert on to, to address uh, it today. <laughs> I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> well, how about before we get started, you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. I am the CEO and founder of a public relations and digital marketing firm in San Francisco and New York. We just celebrated our 16th year. And through that work and being the leader of it for so long, I've become an author and a speaker around how to put together positive intergenerational work teams. And I've written two books on the topic. And that's really uh, sort of melding those two things together in a you know, strong communication is my passion. Fantastic. And congratulations on your 16th year. Thank you. Now that now that your business is 16, are you going to buy it a company car? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't well, resist. Truth be told, uh, there is a company car. Oh, so. there you go. There you go. I wasn't, I wasn't too far off base. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, yeah. So let's give a little context for the audience um, because there are a lot of the listeners are young professionals and trying to mm -hmm. move up the, the corporate ladder. And sometimes because of their education level, they're put in a position where they have management responsibilities over people who have significantly more experience and age on them. Yes. And mm -hmm. so I remember I was talking to one person in a, in a seminar and she said, not only am I young, but I look young and I'm petite. So oh my gosh. There, it's really, really difficult. Triple whammy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So for let's just for context, what are the things that make it so difficult for younger people to to persuade older people in the workplace? Well, I think the what you're the person you spoke with in your talk, you know, says it all right. She's young. She looks young and she's petite. So she's already she's already doing some self-talk on herself around how people will perceive her. And I think we the first thing I would say to that woman is okay, get rid of all that. Just don't don't consider it because if you're considering it, you know you will feed into that as opposed to sort of move past it. 
So that's number one. So I think there's a few things. One, when you have a younger person is managing an older person, uh, it can be sensitive. And it's important that you, one, do lead, two, do hold people accountable, and three, take advantage of the fact that you have someone with more experience on your team who can help you. Leaders should not be the smartest people in the room. Leaders need not have the most experience in the room. Leaders' job is to lead and to encourage and to support people who are, should be the best, hopefully, that you can find, get the job done. And when you sort of have confidence in that role that is about leadership and vision and encouragement and not about just age, it really helps you get to a place where you can be in a coaching role that is supportive and not a, I'm, I'm the leader and you're older than me, doesn't make a difference kind of stuff. I think people feed themselves into that trope more often than they, they think they do. That's brilliant. I, I love that. And I, I think, um, especially starting from within and the self-talk, I think that's very smart. A lot of times people would ask me things like, how do I act like I have more confidence in a negotiation? <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Have you more confidence. Have more confidence. <laughs> you don't act like it. Sometimes it's just thinking about it beforehand, right? Who am I going to go be with? Who, what is the situation? What do I need to, what do I need to present so that I am in a good place myself, right? So do I need to wear something different today? Do I need to send an email before? What do I need to do to set myself up for success and confidence? And just thinking about ahead of time, you know, you will be so far ahead of the rest of the crowd if you just thought about, it, you know, literally the day before so you could get your head in the right place. Because you don't want to start a conversation like figuring it out, you know? You want right. to start a conversation prepared with a desired outcome in mind and sort of the, the attitude that we can all get there positively together. And that does take preparation. And I think we don't spend enough time talking about the responsibility of everybody to come prepared, whatever the role is. Exactly. And for the listeners who have been listening for a while, you know that I am a, a stickler on preparation. Because when it comes down to, to these these difficult conversations, there are just various types of negotiations. And right. with negotiations, you don't go in and freestyle just off the fly and hope for the best. You take some oh time goodness. and prepare. And yeah. um, so shameless plug again for the listeners who have yet to download the free negotiation guide. It's a free 18-page <laughs> guide. So if you go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide, you can download that there or just click the link in the description. And I think that'll help you start to think through these conversations a little bit more thoroughly. And so let's let's get deeper into the preparation. So let's say mm -hmm. you're a young manager, uh, mm -hmm. you just got this job two months ago, and you're struggling with a member of your team who has 15 years of experience and 20 years on you in age. So how do you approach that conversation if you're trying to get them to do something and they are resisting? Well, I think the first piece is, is it about your age or is it, are they just that person, right? <laughs> Sometimes you think it's because you're younger and it has nothing to do with you being younger. So I think if you strip the age out of the conversation and you really focus on the role, my role is this, your role is that, and then you can get to the situation and let that person actually tell them how they feel about you. Mm -hmm. Don't assume that you know how they feel. Maybe they think, they don't like any boss and you've gotten that job two months ago and uh, you got all the misfits, right? Because you're the last person in, you're getting all the misfits. This happens all the time, right? Give it to the new person. You know, that the, the team member is a, a high contributor in terms of output, but a low contributor in terms of culture. 
and uh, they want to keep that person, but management, bigger management, is not willing to deal with that person to actually see if they should stay or not. So that happens, right? So the first thing is, like, what is my role? What is their role? What do you expect and where have they fallen down? So is it in behavior? Is it in deadlines? Is it in work product? Is what? What is it, right? And then once you figure, you know, focus on the role and figure out what is what is the problem, then you can have the conversation so that you're focusing on the facts, not what you think is real. Because I was the younger manager for the first 20 years of my career. And I fell into that. Well, you think I'm younger. You, you think I can't do it because I'm younger. And they're like, no, Lee, you're just a jerk. You know, <laughs> nothing to do with you being younger. You're just not listening, you know, kind of stuff. So, you know, I think one of the things that is the mistake, and particularly women are told this, don't bring your feelings to work. You, you should, you're human, but use your feelings appropriately. So if you start a conversation or negotiation from a place of emotion, you're going to lose. You're just, you're just going to put the other person in the place where they can't respond. Instead, so if, if I had this problem and that older person wasn't doing what I needed them to do, it'd be, okay, so Kwame, you're my older person, even though I'm actually older than you. So Kwame, <laughs> dude, the fact is, you know, we had a deadline yesterday and you missed it. And you also missed the one before that and the one before that. My assessment, you know, I really feel like you just don't have any respect for the team. And I am pissed off. I'm really angry. I'm doing everything I can to help you succeed. And you keep not um, adhering to our agreements. My offer to you is to help you get things done on time. And my request is that you do it, right? You get things done on time and you don't try to skirt the issue. Um, Often it's the assessment, right? When you have the feeling like, I'm so mad. Like you figure out why. It's all about the assumption of the fact. Do you know what I mean there? Mm -hmm. So the fact is something that's incontrovertible incontrovertible. Were you late or not? Did it come in after the deadline or before the deadline? How you interpret that action is your assumption. And most of the time we are wrong about the assumption. Like we think, oh, it's because I'm younger that you're not doing things on time. Or, oh, you have no respect for us. Or he doesn't know what he's doing, whatever it is. And when you get into conversation with people in this circle idea, which you can download, I'll send it to you, Kwame, so you could have it. But you can really have the conversation around the assumption. It could be, I didn't know the deadline was that time. I thought it was tomorrow at six o'clock. I always think it's Friday at six o'clock. You changed it and didn't tell me. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, you figure it out. Or, yeah, you know what? I don't like this. And then you can have a whole different conversation, you know. Mm. <laughs> but if you don't deal with, you know, what is the fact? What is your request? The request is you're trying to have someone change their behavior. You want the other person to change and putting an offer on the table to help them get to that change is a responsibility as a manager. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, 
TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we're changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. So come figure it out with me on the Hello Monday podcast. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or NYU professor Scott Galloway on choosing a career. I think the worst advice you can give a kid is follow your passion. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday with me, Jesse Hempel, on the LinkedIn Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. You have to sort it all out first. And it takes practice, right? Because our, our, our initial reaction often is to go, you know what, dude, you're pissing me off. And then where's that person going to go? They're going to go nowhere. Instead of saying, Kwame, let's talk. We need, to, we need to talk. We have some issue we need to resolve between the two of us, you know, and then going through the fact how you what you assume about that fact and how it makes you feel and then the request and then the offer. And that's the way both people can win. And then basically, if you find out that, yeah, they don't respect you, then you can have a different conversation. You can have the conversation, well, what's it going to take for you to respect me? Well, you need to listen to me. You don't listen to me. You never ask me input. What's it going to take to respect? You know what? You're so much younger than me. I'm so mad that you're my boss. And then it's like, you know what, dude, let's help you be successful somewhere else because I am younger. I can't do anything about that. I am the boss. And we can either help you find be successful somewhere else in the company or somewhere else outside the company. But, you know, this is the reality. This is interesting. And uh, the word respect is something that comes up often. Mm, yes. um, for you, um, what is the definition that you that you would give to the word respect? Respect is the understanding. I understand that you have confidence in me, think I have something valuable to add. And that you deal with me in a, in a manner that allows me to do the work in a way that is efficient and useful. And you don't drop stuff at me at the last second and expect me to jump through hoops because you forgot something or something like that. You know, you're not you're not just rolling stuff down the hill at me, but we work together on trying to achieve the common goal. When people do not feel that they are valued, when people do not feel they're appreciated, when they feel like they're just there to clean up everyone else's mess. That's when it's disrespectful. That's fascinating. And one of the things that I hear often playing devil's advocate on everything on this here, because mm-hmm. I, I love how deep you're getting into this, is that they say, and again, again, this might be an assumption, but what if it's a true assumption this time where it's mm-hmm. like, well, simply because of your age, <laughs> I don't respect you. Is yeah. there any way to bridge that gap? So I th- then, you know, it's up to you to take, you know, if you're the young person, you know, your job as the leader in that situation is to take the high road and say, okay, so how are you going to get over that? How can I help you get over that? Because it's not going to change. Mm. You know, so what are you going to do? How can I help you be okay with the situation? 
what is success to you, Kwame? You know, if you were the guy I was talking to, what is success to you? And really making the other person say what success is to them. You know, I should be in charge. I can't believe I'm reporting to someone 15 years younger than me. Uh, you know, it's a lot of eyes, right? You haven't earned my respect because you don't know what you're doing or whatever it is. So how, I, how can I earn your respect? How is it going to happen? What do I need to do to make sure that you understand that I have your best interests at heart and the team's best interests at heart? And if they can't articulate it, you know, that's on them. The accountability, just, you know, being a victim of age, there's a lot of ageism in the world. Absolutely. But we need to move from the victim place to the, okay, how can we live with this place, right? Mm -hmm. How can we be successful in our own right? Because we're going to be all be working so much longer than we ever thought. And there's no possible way that the people younger than us aren't going to be in charge of us. I mean, I have clients much younger than me. They're all in charge of me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But they um, listen to me, right? They have the ball, but they listen. They ask for my guidance. They ask for my input, but they make the decision. And it's up to me as the older person and the agency to say, okay, thanks for, you know, because most of my clients do respect us. They, they hire us because they respect our experience and our point of view. And frankly, I don't work with people who don't do that. And, but they have to make the decision themselves. And my job is to just make sure that I feel good about the input I gave and that it was not, it was based in fact and, and experience and towards the goal and not in my own stuff about what is success to me. I love this. This is great. And and what you're doing is you're essentially using the, the common negotiation principles to negotiate for something else, which is respect. And um, oftentimes what we do is we look at, we try to run to the substantive issue too quickly and we mm -hmm. don't realize all of the issues that are at, at play here. And if you don't recognize that respect is a, an issue that is negotiable, you, you're going to miss out. And so you many so of the true. guests have come on and talked about the importance of asking questions, being curious, and letting the other person help in joint problem solving, a collaborative mm -hmm. approach to negotiation. And it's really fascinating that this is exactly what you suggested here with this point, but negotiating for respect. Well, respect is an issue for you. you it's hard for you to, to accept that I'm your boss. Well, what, what can we do about that? And you're actually bringing them into the problem solving uh, when it comes to the way that they see you. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we can either walk away from that, right? You can decide not to deal with it, or you can decide to help the person participate in a good way. And good leaders try to do the, the latter, not the former. Right. Fantastic. And now, before you go, I want to ask you uh, one last question. When it comes to the point point between the the like the meat of the matter with the negotiation and the uh, preparation, so mm -hmm. how we're actually starting the conversation, I think taking that first step and engaging in the conversation is the scariest point for people. Um, yes. What suggestions do you have for people as they actually begin the conversation? Well, really, what you're talking in a negotiation, you're trying to come to an agreement where you will coexist in a good way, right? Right. And you'll hopefully coexist in a mutually beneficial way. Sometimes, you know, if you're thinking about a positive negotiation, I think part of the preparation is figuring out what do you want to get out of it? What is what is success to you in what you imagine would be the just call it a partnership if that's going to be a negotiation, right? What would it be? What would be success? What are the terms under which success? How would you know it was successful? And then saying, how would I know it was not successful? Right. And there's some tactical things that didn't get signed. We lost. Everyone thought we were crazy. We spent a lot of time 
in going back and forth, back and forth because everyone was so different, whatever it is, like just make the list. What is it makes it successful? What is it that makes it unsuccessful for you? The other person, if they come prepared, is going to have a different list, right? And really the part of the negotiation is to find where those things cross over are the same in both sides. Then I think the next piece of, you know, what is it in for them? Why is it good for them to be in partnership with you in negotiation and whatever the agreement is with you? What is, what do they get out of it? And what can you imagine would be successful for them? And what can you imagine would be unsuccessful for them? Because it's very seldom that it's 50-50. I really don't like 50-50 partnerships in general <laughs> because it's just a lot, it's just a lot of waste in the, in the, in how they get executed. But it doesn't mean like a 5149 can't work really well with lots of respect and have everybody be in a good place. But having a, even the 51% so that there can be an easier decision is super important. And then figuring out what are the, how are we going to resolve a conflict? How are we going to come to an agreement if we don't agree? Because we can't be in a, you know, usually you're talking about a business or something or a life that you have to move forward on, right? You don't want it to stay in conversation. So it's figuring out those things ahead of time. And it, you know, what's my own motivation and what's their motivation and like who exactly is across the table and who are they representing? Are they the person I'm going to be dealing with? Or are they there as by proxy for somebody else? What is, you know, and then if they're there by proxy for somebody else, you know, how are they going to win in their own organization? I actually just had this conversation with somebody with a client who is getting really frustrated with the, an organization they were very closely deal, dealt with. And the person that was there by proxy, like con contributing in this meeting, you know, these regular meetings, just got super aggro on them. Like they couldn't figure out what happened. Like all of a sudden she flipped hmm. and we peeled the onion on it a little bit. And we, you know, basically like, so what if she promised her boss a different outcome and now has to go say to her, but her new boss, because she's pretty new. Yeah. What we promised you, that's not going to work. And that's the first thing she did for that guy was to hmm. have to do this negotiation and she promised an outcome that is not going to happen. Well, she painted herself into a corner and maybe, you know, basically we figured out. She painted herself into a corner. She really wasn't that experienced in it. Her boss was pretty passive aggressive and she didn't know how to get out of it. So in her not trying to get out of it, she was just trying to cram something down other people's throats. And she was in a position of a little more of authority. But she really had to have she was counting on like 20 other people to do things for her to make this thing happen. And when we peeled the onion on it, we were able to say, OK, here's how we can here's how we get to so that she wins. We win and the passive aggressive boss wins. But if we didn't understand potential, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't sure we were right. I was just guessing. Right. <laughs> I was just guessing. <laughs> right. But it helped frame the mind of the person who had my, my client who had to go have the conversation to rectify the situation as opposed to just jumping down her throat and going aggro on her because it never going, you know, it never works. It never works. I love that story. And, and one of the things that I love the most about it is the fact that you were willing to empathize with the person's position. And mm -hmm. really, when it comes to these situations, even if the person is misbehaving in some capacity, the reality is their problem is our problem. <laughs> if we want to so try true. to work with them, we need to find ways to solve their problems, even if their behavior is a little bit undesirable. And so I, I, I think that's a great point to end on. But before you go, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the audience uh, how they can keep in touch with you and some of the projects you're working on. Sure. So the best place to find me is at LeeCaraher.com, L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R.com. From my agency, Double Forte there, you can find my two books, Millennials and Management, which really 
outlines a lot of the things we've been talking about, Kwame, and then the boomerang principle there. And I blog about these topics all the time. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at I'm really easy to find at Lee Carher everywhere. So there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lee, for coming on. This has been really, really great. Kwame, I so enjoyed talking with you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.